Today is Tuesday, October 6th, 2020. On this day in 1866, the notorious Reno brothers and their gang committed the first successful peacetime train robbery in history. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. Extreme caution is advised for listeners under 13. Today we're covering the daring daylight holdup of an Ohio and Mississippi railway train. Now let's go back to October 6, 1866, when the locomotive pulled into the station in Seymour, Indiana. Night would soon be falling as the 6.30 O&M locomotive to East St. Louis made its stop at Seymour. John Reno and his brother Sim were waiting. They made their way towards the express car, heads down, doing their best to blend in with the crowd of passengers. Frank Sparks, an outlaw in their gang, tagged along behind. The three men took their seats as the train left the station. John kept his eyes on the scenery outside, watching for signs they were getting close to their rendezvous point. Then he gave the boys a nod. In the Adams Express Company car next door, messenger Elam Miller was checking that his customers' packages were secure when suddenly the door banged open. Miller turned and found himself staring down the barrel of a loaded pistol. He could only see the slits of the gunman's eyes peering down at him. An eerie, featureless paper mask covered the rest of his face. Two more masked men forced their way inside the car, guns drawn. They told Miller they were the Reno Brothers gang. And this was a holdup. The first man demanded Miller turn over his keys. If he didn't, the bandit threatened to take them from Miller's dead body. Miller, trembling, handed over the keys. From there, Frank and the Reno brothers worked quickly, emptying a small safe and taking dollar bills and gold coins from the packages in the secure car. They only paused when they couldn't open the large safe at the center of the room and abruptly turned back to Miller. Miller, terrified, told the men the truth. He couldn't open the safe. He didn't possess that key. Fine, they had to move along anyway. One of the masked men punched Miller hard in the gut, sending him crashing to the ground. The other two wheeled the safe out the door onto the small open-air platform that connected it to the coach car. Keys or no, they had reached the rendezvous point. One of the gang reached up and rang the bell rope that sat atop the car entrance. The train began to slow. Frank and the Reno brothers pushed the safe off the platform, watching it tumble to the ground below. Then the three men jumped after it, rolling down the embankment. John Reno pulled the mask from his face as he got to his feet. He motioned for Sim and Frank to follow him. They'd need to hustle if they were going to open that safe before the law arrived. 
A few minutes later, John's other brothers, Frank and William, arrived to help with the effort. But after much effort, the gang still hadn't managed to crack the safe, and they started hearing the metallic squeak of a handcart coming down the track. They were out of time. They had to get out of here. By the time an O&M train authority reached the Copse of Trees, the Reno brothers were long gone. They'd left the locked safe, but all told, the gang had still walked away with over $12,000 in bills and gold coins, a heist equivalent to over $190,000 today. Up next, the greater impact of the Reno brothers and the golden age of train robbery. Hi, listeners. I'm so excited to introduce you to the newest Spotify original from Parcast called Blind Dating. Hosted by YouTuber Tara Michelle, Blind Dating is a fun twist on a classic setup. Strangers are introduced, conversation commences, and sparks either fly or fizzle. But here's the catch. Our hopeful singles have to choose their match before ever seeing their face. And once they've picked their potential date, we turn the cameras on, and then it's either butterflies or goodbyes. Blind Dating airs weekly with new episodes every Wednesday. You can find and follow Blind Dating free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Now back to the story. On October 6, 1866, John Reno, Sim Reno, and Frank Sparks boarded a moving train, broke into an express car, and made off with a fortune. The events of the day would spawn a slew of copycats and ultimately shape the nature of crime and punishment in the mythical Old West. The Reno brothers' success in 1866 demonstrated that holding up railroad lines was easy, lucrative, and relatively low risk. So over the next few decades, men like Jesse and Frank James and Butch Cassidy picked up the business. They all made their living through dramatic train robberies. As outlaw gangs grew bolder, the people affected by their crimes began losing faith in their local law enforcement. So eventually, the train stick-ups gave rise to another, even more unfortunate, Old West artifact, frontier justice. As one 1865 newspaper put it, nothing but lynch law will save the reputation of this place and its citizens. Lynch law, meaning extrajudicial killing by hanging, soon became just as tightly interwoven with the culture of the Old West as cowboys and cactuses. Lynchings occurred all over the country at this time, and free black people bore the brunt of the violence. Racists used lynchings as a tool of fear and oppression to punish black people and keep them subjugated after the abolition of slavery. But in the Old West, angry mobs of vigilantes would break recently captured criminals of all races out of jail and then murder them before a trial could occur. The threat of this vigilante justice haunted robbers like the Reno brothers throughout their criminal careers until it caught up with them. 
In December 1867, authorities arrested John Reno, the leader of the Reno gang. They got him for robbing the Davies County Courthouse in Gallatin, Missouri, and sentenced him to 25 years behind bars. But the lynch mob forming outside the courthouse where Reno was found guilty had a different idea of the appropriate punishment for a thief. Luckily for John, officers escorted him through the crowd safely and deposited him at the Missouri State Penitentiary. John's brothers would not be so lucky. In July 1868, Pinkerton detectives captured Reno Brothers gang members Volney Elliott, Charlie Roseberry, and Theodore Clifton, just days after they robbed another train. When the Pinkertons tried to transport them to the Jackson County Jail on July 20th, a posse of men in scarlet masks stopped their train. These men, calling themselves the Jackson County Vigilance Committee, seized the outlaws and hung them from a nearby beech tree. The same fate befell three other men involved in the Reno gang train robbery. Frank Sparks, John Moore, and Henry Jarrell were also grabbed by the Vigilance Committee and hanged from the same beech tree days later on July 25, 1868. And once detectives got a hold of the remaining Reno brothers, Frank, Sim, and William, the Jackson County Vigilance Committee came for them, too. Before dawn on December 12, 1868, a platoon of at least 50 armed, masked men arrived in New Albany, where the gangsters were being held. The vigilantes forced their way inside the jail, threatening the guards and shooting the sheriff in the arm. Then they seized their prey and hung them all from the jail's second floor landing. At the time, this violent vigilante justice seemed like a necessary evil to many Westerners, as their frontier towns didn't have adequate law enforcement to stop outlaw gangs like the Reno brothers. Plus, the Reno brothers were certainly criminals, guilty of theft, assault, and possibly even murder. But they still deserved a fair trial. In retrospect, the plague of frontier justice is an ugly scar on American history. Whether you're a deputy or a desperado, we all deserve a fair shake. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. For more stories about con men and their crimes, check out ParCast Original Con Artists. Today in True Crime is a ParCast Original. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other ParCast Originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast Originals, like Today in True Crime, for free, from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Joshua Kern. 
This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Molly Quinlan, with writing assistance by Nora Battelle. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Remember to follow Blind Dating for a Dash of Romance and Rejection. YouTuber Tara Michelle hosts, and she's thrilled to help hopeful singles meet their match once they've survived the hot seat. Follow Blind Dating free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.